welcome to Pedagogzilla, the pedagogic podcast with the Pop Culture Core. Recording here live at the Playful Learning Conference 2022, or as it's called, 2021-22. Confusingly, because they're doing three years in one because of time travel. I'm Mike, your host, learning designer at the Open University, um, imposter syndrome incarnate, and a man with a whole table full of microphones and a glass of delicious sugary orange juice. And joining me, we have... Hello, I'm Daisy Abbott. I am a serious games researcher at Glasgow School of Art, and I also teach. I teach research skills, and that's where I mostly focus my game-based learning efforts. Serious games research. Okay, this is going to be this is going to be great. So, I mean, I, I already asked you, uh, listeners. I'm cheating a bit because I did already ask Daisy on the way here. But Daisy, what brings you to? The Playful Learning Conference? Uh, yeah, so we don't get to go to very many conferences, and this is the one that is my like compulsory. If I go to nothing else, I will go to Playful Learning because it's a very fun conference and it's very um, inspiring and it, it affects my practice to, to be here and share ideas with people. Oh, fantastic. So is this, um, this is clearly not the first time you've come then? No, I think it might be the fourth one I've been to. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can't remember. It's been a long few years. It has. It has been a long few. What's been happening over the last two? Some sort of strange fug over the last two years or so. But interestingly, it's been a period of radical change in teaching in higher education, and that feeds into. I'm seeing so much of it at this year's mm. um, conference because our hands have been forced, and people who perhaps wouldn't have explored playful approaches before are or active approaches are now beginning to see the benefits of them from this kind of period of radical change so before we came over here daisy said whatever you do don't just sit down and ask me to say something profound daisy's just sat down and said something quite profound hashtag just saying hashtag best interviewee ever oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so daisy can you tell me about a game somewhere in your life that you're really passionate about it could be a video game board game um something you play with your family a sport oh gosh wow how to pick one um a game that i'm passionate about i mean people normally ask for what is your favorite game and i've got a good answer for that one but a game that i'm really passionate about um oh gosh i'm gonna have to say my game that I designed, I'm so sorry. Oh, plug-tastic. Yeah, yeah, I don't mean to plug it. So it it comes on. My favourite game is the board game Galaxy Trucker, okay, where you play. It's in two phases, and in one you build against the clock a spaceship that you never have enough components for, and it's very stressful, and it's kind of a, a playing against the clock. And you look at this spaceship, and it's written into the rules of this game that you're supposed to stand up and look at your opponent's spaceship and go, oh, you're not going into space with that heap of junk, are you? I love that. And I really embrace that kind of schadenfreude aspect of this game. And this this board game inspired me to create uh, my first game for teaching research skills which is called how to fail your research degree and in much the same way <laughs> in much of the same way you build you you sort of build a, a a set of activities that a student might do and then events happen to you and blow up your spaceship the spaceship of your master's degree so why am I passionate about it? I guess it works and I'm really surprised that it worked so well uh, and I do see it making a difference in the life of my students and it's it's been shared all over the world and all sorts of stuff. So I guess I've sort of answered the favourite game question there but I thought I would 
Well, no, I think you've, uh, interestingly, I think you've answered question two and three as well. So we'll get to that in a second. So what is, you know, what is your practice? What's your day to day? Well, mostly I like writing papers. So I'm really into serious games mechanics. I love the nuts and bolts of how games work. And partly that's because I think that um, games in learning suffers from a reputational problem. Uh, as many people at this conference will probably mention. Ah, um, gamification. So, well, yeah, gamification being different from game-based learning, um, games not being taken very seriously. Um, so I love the theory and I love the mechanics and the nuts and bolts of designing games for learning because it helps to convince skeptics of the rigor of the activity, but it also helps you design a game that actually works and... You know, I'm sure you will have experienced games for learning that don't work that well. And I certainly have from uh, kind of my kids' school and so on. There there are games that are not what I would call uh, effective. Um, Or games sometimes. Yeah, they're either not games, they're either not fun or they're not learning. And, and, uh, you know, things are getting better slowly in this field, but there is a, a, a real lack of knowledge in that Uh, there's a lack of intermeshing between the pedagogic skill that teachers have and the game design skill. um, And it results in sometimes these games not working very well. So I like to sit at that intersection and and talk about um, serious game mechanics and share that knowledge with novices, teachers who've never designed a game before. So I've I've produced lots of workflows that are suitable for game-based learning novices to hopefully kind of elevate the quality you're in gonna, the wider field. You're going to have I to show hope. us where we can find this at the end. I'm going to remind me to ask you at the end where we can find this. I, yeah, fantastic. I've got a website and everything is free, so you can just have all this stuff. So. All, all of this at the end of the episode. Oh, okay. Listeners, like, you know, this is this is like, you know, this is a thing, because this way the listeners will be listening all the way to the end. If we had advertisers, they get all the adverts, you know, between now and then. Maybe. We'll never get advertisers. This is a, this is a loss-leading enterprise. <laughs> so thinking back to... Galaxy Truckers then. Was it Galaxy Truckers, Galaxy Space Truckers? Uh, Galaxy Trucker, I think. Galaxy Trucker. Or Truckers, can't remember. Thinking back to Galaxy Truckers and the aspects of that that draw you towards it, do you see any of them reflected in your practice? And actually you've already described in some respects how it has. Yeah, so I like games where it's just as much fun to fail as it is to win. Like, I, I like, I try and win. I'm People call me competitive because I definitely try and win any game I play because the pleasure is in the process of striving. But I love hilarious failure. I just love it. I don't know why, but I love it as a game mechanic. And I think it's highly, that was what, that was the aspect of Galaxy Trucker that I looked at it and and and, and kind of saw a correlation between the fear of failure in master students, particularly in postgraduates, um, and how can you kind of lighten up a bit? How can you you, you look at this idea of, of resilience in learning through the learning activities that you do? You will you will be able to be resilient when your computer dies on you because you've made that back up. You'll be able to be resilient when your supervisor leaves for another job because you've done certain activities in your research process. So the game is designed that students don't quite fail their research degree. Horrible things happen to them and that the fridge that their samples are being kept in uh, goes on the blink and everything dies and they lose all their data. 
so awful things happen to them. And the idea is that it's emotionally effective. So I'm playing with the idea of heightened effect. So because something horrible happens to you in the game, it's a more memorable lesson than me going, hey, back up your work, folks. Whereas if a card hits them in the game, they say, you didn't back up, lose four of your data cards. That's more memorable, right? And I, I just think it's more likely to inspire students to actually do these things. So yeah, failure as, a, as an explicit learning tool because it's memorable that's wonderful and i suppose also it's teaching people or training people that failure is a thing yeah because i suppose academia famously is kind of bad about talking about failure there's no there's nothing ever goes wrong it's always we learn some lessons and sometimes you know you know what actually this was a real pile of mistakes and you know institutionally academia is not so great at that and then of course you know assessment itself tends to be quite binary or you're passing or you're failing. You know, you're passing, you're passing really well, you're passing really, really well, or you fail. Um, and failing is bad, as opposed to failing outside of, you know, formative assessment being an opportunity for growth. Yeah. And it's one of the, the things I use the game to talk about. It's a highly facilitated game, you know, so a lot of discussion happens above the game surface. I mean, it's meant to be, you'd never let students play it by themselves. It's meant to be run with a, a tutor who explains things and contextualizes things. And one of the things I talk about is the difference between internal risks things that are up to you, you know, like get out of bed and go to that lecture <laughs> and things that aren't up to you. And there are several cards in the game, like the fridge going on the blink or one of them is a fire and I'm from the Glasgow School of Art. So this actually happened to us, you know, we, our building burnt down. Um, so I talked to the students about sometimes uh, shit just happens. I don't know if you're allowed swearing on your podcast, but oh, you've got it now. we bloody are. And that's how I describe it to them. I'm like, you know what? Sometimes it's just not your fault and no amount of planning can prevent, you know, and the card has no mitigation. Most of the event cards have a mitigation. Like, have you got the, the meetings with supervisor card? Okay, well, in that case, this doesn't happen. But some of the cards don't have any mitigation and it's shit just happens. And you have to just hope that you're resilient enough to bounce back to submit something. That is one of my new favourite aspects of teaching resilience, I think. I think shit happens is a, a seriously undertaught part of uh, resilience. I absolutely love that. It's now, right? You know, shit happens because pandemics happen and, uh, and it's yeah. something that none of us predicted. So Yeah, we'll all forget it again soon, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so thinking just you know what we've been talking about so far do you have a single top tip that you might give to fellow educators based on your own practice and some of those reflections on games yes it's very tempting to have a game idea and then to develop that game idea so what you need to do if you've got a game idea and you want to develop that game idea don't throw it away but put it to one side and you always always start with the the problem that you want to solve and the change that you want your game to make. So I'm, I'm drawing a little bit here on triadic game design, which has three aspects. The reality, which is what subject are you trying to teach? You know, what, what problem is it that you're seeing that, that you need to fix? Um, and then meaning, which is how, how is your activity, how is your game going to address that problem? So what's the change you want to happen? And then game design comes last. And of course, it's not a linear process. But if you've got an idea for game design, you need to park it and you need to be driven by the pedagogy. And that's how you make a game that works. And most people either don't know that or get too excited about their game idea um, so that they don't, they're not 
truly driven by the pedagogy. So you need to be willing to, to throw it away or at least put it to one side until you've validated it using this process if you've already had the idea. I absolutely love this. And interestingly, so I do a lot of, um, uh, in my own role, I, te- I, I introduce teams to tools like uh, digital tools that are available to help enhance their teaching activities. And the big thing I'm always having to push is activity first and then find the tool that helps with that as opposed to the other way around because they get a tool that they're like, this looks fun and exciting. I'm going to yeah. create an activity around this. And then inevitably yeah. students don't gel with it because it's not a coherent part of the overall yeah. kind of activity narrative, as it were. Technological determinism, isn't it? And Ooh, the th- that's a good phrase. Yeah, that's what it means. It, 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 well, I think that's what it means. Um, it does now. Yeah. It's on the internet soon. Um, but yeah, I, I gave a talk earlier this year at a conference and my last slide said no gimmicks. You only use a tool when it is the best tool for that job. You don't use it because it's cool. And I really wouldn't because Daisy looked really intense when she said that. No gimmick. (laughs) Send them to me. That's fabulous. Daisy, thank you so much for sharing the games that you love uh, and talking about your fantastic game practice and the games that you've made. Where can people find uh, you online and the resources that you've made? Well, I've got a pretty Googleable name. It's Daisy Abbott, two B's, two T's. Um, But you can find, I do have a blog. It's very new. I can't actually remember the name of it because I set it up two weeks ago. I think it's called... um, I think it's called gamebasedlearninginhe.wordpress.com. Um, but yeah, check the show notes, I check, guess. Check the show notes because Daisy's definitely going to email me that link <laughs> yes, to her blog. Thank you very much. This is no, fun. I'm glad, I'm glad. So this is Mike, uh, Pedagogzilla Podcast, the Playful Learning Conference, signing off. Bye-bye now. And this is Daisy, extraordinaire interviewee, <laughs> also signing off and hating the sound of my own voice. Oh, that's wonderful. I mean, I was just hoping for a bye-bye. Now.